Welcome to Shot of Spirituality. Each episode aims to give you a Jewish spiritual lens for living your life in the present moment. I'm your host, Rabbi Josh Snyder, and I'm the Executive Director of Goucher Hillel. Today, we are going to talk about spiritual resistance. When we hear the phrase, Oneg Shabbat, we might picture a table with some cookies, challah, and little cups of grape juice, an opportunity to share a little sweet treat after a Friday night service or a meal. But for the Jews of the Warsaw Ghetto between 1940 and 1944, Oneg Shabbat was a code word for a clandestine project, a huge and coordinated effort to document the events taking place within the Warsaw Ghetto and all over Poland, to gather items of historical value, and to record the personal testimony of Jews who had been released from prisoner of war and forced labor camps and that of Jewish refugees from all over Poland who had reached Warsaw. Its architect, Emanuel Ringelblum, was a young historian who collected diaries, documents, commissioned papers, and preserved the posters and decrees that comprised the collective memory of the community. Ringelblum and others buried the documents in milk cans in three locations, two of which were found shortly after the war. Thanks to their efforts, the world knows of both the horrors of the ghetto and the resilient spirit of Jewish life that persisted against all odds. Ringelblum escaped the ghetto shortly before the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in 1943, which ultimately resulted in the death of almost all of the 63,000 Jews in the ghetto at that time. He wrote a final letter to Jewish leaders everywhere, a few days before he was found and murdered by the Gestapo in March of 1944. In it, he writes... The watchword of the organized groups of the Jewish community was to live with honor and die with honor. We made every effort to carry out this watchword in the ghettos and concentration camps. An expression thereof was the wide scope of the cultural work which was undertaken notwithstanding the horrible terror, hunger, and poverty and which grew and spread until the martyr death of Polish Jewry. Ringelblum goes on to describe in detail the organizations that fostered Jewish life in the ghetto, underground newspapers, a center for child welfare, hundreds of secret prayer groups, Yiddish schools, a symphony orchestra, choral groups, art galleries, a Jewish society for social welfare, and more. In each case, he swells with pride and mourns the senseless loss of life, as by that point, almost all of the people involved had been murdered. Yet Ringelblum ends his letter, his last words to the world, with a sense of continuity and an understanding that inspiration cannot be killed, only kindled anew. Whether we shall have the opportunity to meet with you is doubtful. To all the workers for Jewish culture, writers, journalists, musicians, sculptors, and all the contributors to modern Jewish culture and fighters for national liberation and the cause of mankind, we send our warmest greetings. This week, we commemorate Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day. The impact of the Holocaust on world Jewry as a uniquely barbaric and tragic event in world history is still in many ways unfathomable. It is indelibly a part of the Jewish psyche and will remain so, not only because of its traumatic nature, 
but also because of the nature of the Jewish people's deep connection to the idea of ingrained collective memory. We are not a people that forgets. As Jewish historian Yosef Chaim Yerushalmi writes, my terror of forgetting is greater than my terror of having too much to remember. Let the accumulated facts about the past continue to multiply so that those who need can find that this person did live, those events really took place. This interpretation is not the only one. This idea animated the work of Emanuel Ringelblum and so many others during the darkest period of their lives. And it is with us in the urge to remember. Among American Jews surveyed in 2013, 73% said that remembering the Holocaust is an essential part of being Jewish, a higher percentage than any other option given. As we remember, let us remember the numbers, the names, the places, the faces, the testimonies of survivors, the bravery of the partisans. Let us also remember and recognize the way in which spirituality became a form of resistance in and of itself. The spirituality that had been fostered for thousands of years became in the ghettos and concentration camps a powerful tool for survival. A new concept was formed among the Jews kept in these places in which sanctification of life or Kiddush Hashem changed meaning from martyrdom to the idea of Uberleben, to outlive. The most audacious act of resistance against Nazi tyranny was simply to cling to something, belief, art, poetry, prayer, that gave a form of expression and spiritual escape in the best sense of the word. Among the collected documents in the Oneg Shabbat archive are the writings of a Hasidic rabbi, Kalonimus Kalman Shapira, known as the Eish Kodesh, or Holy Fire. He created a community in the Warsaw Ghetto called B'nai Machshava Tova, literally, children of good thought. They studied Hasidic thought, Musar, and attempted amidst the devastation around them to be the best versions of themselves they could be. Spirituality can take many forms. At any moment, the opportunity for connection to a source outside of oneself or deep within oneself can be a powerful way to connect to the source of life and go on living. Viktor Frankl, an Austrian Jewish psychiatrist who survived the war despite long odds in Auschwitz, wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. The religious interest of the prisoners, as far and as soon as it developed, was the most sincere imaginable. The depth and vigor of religious belief often surprised and moved a new arrival. Most impressive in this connection were improvised prayers or services in the corner of a hut or in the darkness of the locked cattle truck in which we were brought back from a distant work site, tired, hungry, and frozen in our ragged clothing. As the inner life of the prisoner tended to become more intense, he also experienced the beauty of art and nature as never before. Under their influence, he sometimes even forgot his own frightful circumstances. If someone had seen our faces on the journey from Auschwitz to a Bavarian camp as we beheld the mountains of Salzburg with their summits glowing in the sunset through the little barred windows of the prison carriage, he would never have believed that those were the faces of men who had given up all hope of life and liberty. Despite that factor, or maybe because of it, we were carried away by nature's beauty which we had missed for so long. As a child, 
I always found the most haunting and evocative words of the Holocaust in the poem, The Last Butterfly, penned by a young man from Prague named Pavel Friedman in 1942, who himself was killed in Auschwitz in 1944. The last, the very last, so richly, brightly, dazzlingly yellow, perhaps if the sun's tears would sing against a white stone. Such, such a yellow is carried lightly way up high. It went away, I'm sure, because it wished to kiss the world goodbye. For seven weeks, I've lived in here, penned up inside this ghetto. But I have found my people here. The dandelions call to me, and the white chestnut candles in the court. Only, I never saw another butterfly. That butterfly was the last one. Butterflies don't live in here, in the ghetto. The very act of writing that poem, capturing that moment, was a form of resistance that strikes a chord today. It is sad, melancholy, yes, but in it is a human experience, a real one. Embedded in it is a sense of strength, a call of resistance and strength despite the loss of freedom. I have found my people here. The tale of survival and preservation of identity despite suffering and subjugation is a story that resonates universally, which is what makes learning about the Holocaust so vitally impactful and important for both Jews and non-Jews. Spiritual resistance is a language we all know deep down, a flame that passes from generation to generation in times of challenge. We close today with another document from the archive, an underground newspaper for Jewish youth from the year 1940. We, the Jewish youth, cannot free ourselves from the influence of the situation as a whole on young people in general. The war and the Nazi occupation have revealed the tragedy of our Jewish youth very sharply. What must we do in this situation? In which direction shall we turn our attention? We must arrange courses in reading and writing Yiddish, Hebrew, and in arithmetic to draw the street youth into warm surroundings, to attend as far as possible to their personal future and to implant in them a feeling of solidarity and responsibility, and with the aid of singing and games to create a youthful atmosphere for a Jewish youth that has become old before its time. Its feeling for the people must be awakened. It must be drawn into public activities in every part of Jewish life, enriched with the spiritual treasures which the Jewish people have created through the ages. May the memory of the six million be with us ever, and may our continued living as Jews be inspired by the stories of our forebears' spiritual resistance. Shot of Spirituality is a short-form podcast from Goucher Hillel, focusing on Jewish spiritual concepts. Brought to you by Goucher Hillel and written, hosted, and produced by Rabbi Josh Snyder. For more reading about spiritual resistance and the Oneg Shabbat archive, check out the links in the episode description.